Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. And if that intro wasn't loud enough for you, we are here, and it is the specialist episode of the world. That's right, specialist. specialist. Today we give the Brodo Awards. Woohoo! Yeah. Also, fresh off their COVID bouts, Jason, two-time COVID champion, Michael, a now one-time COVID champion. We are back in the same room as well. We live, we live. Thank you very much. We out here. Um, for a reminder, what we're doing here is we are going to give you our picks for different categories. We'll explain to you the categories, and then we'll put the poll on Twitter and in Discord. I'm making up this rule right now. The twins don't know about this, but whatever. Uh, people who are patrons, your vote gets counted twice. Boom. I just made that up right now, and that's how it's going to be. Badabushka, badabishka. Although I'm not the one that's going to be counting up these Bada-boop. things, so I can't really, uh, can't really confirm or deny it. our life that. harder. <laughs> Tim can't do the quick maths. I'm about to make your life harder by quick serving that ass on a platter um, and winning all these. All right. Um, just so you guys He's know. He's nuts. Garim. Garim. This is the one and only episode of the week. I know that we usually do two episodes a week, but it is the off season. So we're going to one episode a week. If you still want two episodes a week, because there will be a second episode this week. The second episode will have Brother Johnny on, and he will. we will uh, discuss the divisional round playoffs, and we will discuss, uh, we'll make a FanDuel lineup. We'll combine for a FanDuel lineup together. Um, so if you want to listen to that, please join us at patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. We can get a bunch of perks, including early access to our leagues next year, an extra episode every week. During the season, that's the waiver wire episode, but also fun here. We still got betting optimizers, DFS optimizers still going strong. So these are just some of the extra perks you can get over at patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. And the biggest perk of being a patron is that you help support the only app that you need to absolutely dominate fantasy sports, uh, fantasy football. The only app that's out there that's meant for free browsing of stats. So you don't have to scour the entire internet for stats. The only place you could find it is with Brodo Fantasy. You have fantasy player cards, usage charts, start sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat you need, including exclusive statistics, true throw value, true tar- target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average. Only for a limited time, free. Boom. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Are you talking free? All right, guys. So here are the categories. Are freezy. Um, for I'm on you my category. What? Disclaimer. Yes. Tim and Michael decided to decided as if this isn't the way we do it. Every all the time. time we have any sort of competition, it's gonna be the bet recap episode two or Jason. We should just obviously gonna be complaining. Like, he just complains on stop to try to get everything in his favor. We could. At all sh- times. We should obviously like snake draft this or something. Goodness gracious! Snake draft. I don't know, but I mean, Tim's obviously Tim's Tim and Michael decided the that they're gonna. Tim stole all the best answers. You guys decide don't? that them two are gonna answer first, take all the good answers. So, just bear with me today, folks. Y'all, are, y'all, are, uh, wackos. You look like motherfucking uh, yakko wacko and wacko yakko and dot. <laughs> the animaniacs. Bum, bum. Do, 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 do. What are right, actually with that being song? said, here are our. I don't remember. Here are our um, awards. The MVP, obviously, most most valuable player, player who who was not necessarily well. It could be a high draft pick, but someone who really won it for your team. The most improved player, someone who really took a step up. The rookie of the year, fantasy wise. The offensive player of the year. The bust. The way too early sleeper slash steal for next season. The pull your hair out player, which is the inconsistent player. The Robert Ori player. Which is the guy who came through at the end. Remember, Robert Ori, famously uh, extremely clutch, but only averaged like eight points a game. And then the Shakespeare, the Shakespeare player, what could have been, and then the waiver, the waiver, the, the waiver rider, the best waiver pickup of the year. Did you guys get all that? No, nailed it. 
And of course, the twins don't have their headphones on, which is really disappointing because I put these drops together and they're funny as hell. Well, and you put together drops? You should have told us that. What do you mean? I, I put together drops every year for this. I'm going to go get my headphones. Go get your headphones. I have I'll, like I'll, really bad old Apple headphones, but I'll get use them. Get them. I'll put them on pause. Through the magic of editing, Jason now has headphones and Michael looks like Hunter Renfro. Editing makes me look like Hunter Renfro, huh? No, you just look like Hunter Renfro in general. You play like Hunter Renfro, too. Like, people just think you're like a slot possession receiver, and then you'll go deep on them and, and, and cook them up. Locked and loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of locked and loaded, all right, let's get into the first one. The MV Pizzle. The guy. Michael, we'll start with you. Who is your MVP? We I have the answer. Man, shut up. Shut your freaking face. You're right. My bad. There's a drop. <laughs> we weren't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. You put clothes on our backs, food on the table. You sacrificed for us. <laughs> you the real MVP. Michael, who's the real MVP? By the way. Every time I see that, and yo, don't get me wrong, I'm not being a hater. Maybe I am. Bro, Kevin Garnett was like, no one believed in me. I'm like, yo, you're you're six ten. People believe in you. Like, let's be real. Kevin Garnett said no one believed in me. No, Kevin Durant. Oh, Kevin Durant. When he's giving the MVP speech, like, mom, you're the oh. real MVP. You believed in me when no one else did. Like, yeah, you're six ten, and you could dribble like a guard. And he like always, everyone, everyone believed. In always you. the best player on his team. Everyone believed in you. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure during your whole life, everyone believed in you every step. What of do you way. expect the biggest bitch on earth to say? Oh, Jason coming out high. I hate Kevin. Oh, well, he is I, quite a baby back yeah, bitch. Oh, yeah. I hate him too. Anywho, <laughs> I have the real answer, folks. And it's Cooper Cup. Of course, this guy, 145 receptions, 1,947 receiving yards. Hot dang. 16 receiving touchdowns. My he God. was an absolute animal, locked and loaded, wide receiver one every single week. Guys, his second worst yardage total this season. Guess what his second worst yardage total was in a game? I can't even. 78. Yeah, it's like say 86. 93 yards. Oh, my God. Was his second worst yardage total. That's all you need to know about Until Cooper the Cup. <laughs> yeah, he ended up scoring touchdowns. Doesn't matter, but. Yeah, he scored he, touchdowns. Yeah, he was just an absolute animal. In half PPR, he had one game, two games the entire season under 15. In half PPR leagues, it's just absolutely absurd. Multiple games over 30 fantasy points. He had more games over 30 fantasy points than he did under 15 fantasy points. He was the number one wide receiver by far in the league. The number one overall player, I believe, right? Outside of QBs. Yes. Cooper Cup, absolute animal. He is my MVP. All right. So obviously Cooper Cup has a has a great has a great uh case. But Cooper Cup, you drafted him in like the fourth round, which is great. Great production for a fourth round. But what if I told you that you can get someone in the seventh or eighth round? Is that something you might be interested in? That's right. And that guy is the train himself. The Deeb's train. Mr. Debo Samuel. Who the fuck calls um, the guy the train? Nobody. Guys. There's so many snakes on this motherfucking plane. Guys, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you guys. Let me tell you guys something real quick. You were talking about yards. Yeah, that was pretty... Are you talking imp- yards? That was pretty impressive by <laughs> Cooper Cup, the amount of yards he had. But you only get that nice whole number... Because it's receiving yards. When it comes to Debo Samuel, he's not just a receiver. Did that make any sense? He's a you? running back too. Because when you make it scrimmage yards, Mister, you I get where he's going. Yeah, Mister, I don't know the difference between receiving yards and scrimmage yards, and I'm a fancy animal. You said nice round numbers. Yes, nice round numbers in one you category. Knew where he was going, <laughs> my man's stupid. Receiving yards, Uncle Fuck. Fourteen hundred and five receiving yards and 365 rushing yards on top of that truly glorious truly glorious the the most glorious thing ever on top of that he had an underwhelming 6 TDs God, that you know a lot of times like you got a 1400 yard receiver 6 TDs it's pretty good but he's not number 8 rushing TDs 8 8 8 8 8 in half of his games he had a rushing TD how many Wow. That is unbelievable. He led the he led the position, obviously, in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. Third overall in fantasy points, third overall in points per game. 
one of the biggest knocks on Debo Samuel was that he is not is not um super durable and he played every single game this year except one he played every single game 28 big plays this guy is the absolute goat at yards after the catch let's just put it this way he was fifth in the league in receiving yards yet he was 26th in true throw value 26th in true throw value and his a dot was 78th this guy makes a living out of yak there's no yak master more yakky than Debo Samuel, Yuck and he took Flex. all those yards after catch and brought you to a championship from the eighth, ninth round. From a from a bench player, he became your number one receiver, and you were drafting Cooper Cup as your number one, number two guy anyway. So because of that, I'm going to say Debo slightly over Cooper Cup for MVP. You guys have compelling arguments, and I will tell you, one of you is correct mm. because I'm not correct. But I'm going to give it a roll anyway. With the bronze medalist, my MVP is Jamar Chase. Solely because what he did was during his rookie fucking season. Unheralded. And he was not drafted no. in the early rounds. He was definitely heralded. Michael to completely mess up the word heralded. You meant like unfounded or like un, like not typical. Yeah, not typical. Atypical. Heralded means celebrated. <sighs> Well, I'm stupid. <laughs> Jason Michael's having a little stupid. <laughs> um, so I went with Jamar and Chase. Then, and now he not, does Google not, heralded. Not previously announced, expected, or recognized. This type of rookie season wasn't expected. This great of a rookie nah. season? Nah. Heralded. Nah. It's still weird. Nah, yeah. No. Nah, you're right. Fuck you nah, guys. No, nah, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Harolded. He's in the, he was definitely not Harold. Har- did he was definitely not Harold. Harold did use it right. He was definitely no. He was definitely not Harold. Harold did. He's not Harold. It's Harold. He's unheralded. It's Harold, not Harold. No, but he's not Harold. His name's not Harold. <laughs> he's unheralded. Yeah, he's he's not Harold. Are you Harold? Give you that. I <laughs> might be Harold. Someone didn't Harold's. even know these days. Oh. Harold is Harold. <laughs> I was gonna say I was thinking Justin Jefferson, but he would have just lost to the other receivers. So I I mean I just went with Jamar Chase because he had a fucking amazing season as a rookie. Immediate connection with um, Joe Burrow, and honestly. This is just looking forward. Like, Jamar Chase might be in the MVP conversation on this podcast for the next eight years. 81 catches, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns as a rookie. Jeez. Jesus Louisa. Top five wide receiver next year, easily. Shout out Jamar Chase. So, we have Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Jamar Chase. That will be the chase for MVP. Again, remember, you can vote on these on Twitter. You can follow us at Brodo Fantasy to vote in these polls. Let's go on to our second one. Uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but we're going out of order of what I of how I sent it to you guys. We're going in uh, going in a different order. So just be on your toes. Works for me. Um, that ain't no problem. Always got to do something. The more. next one is the bust. The guy that just completely <laughs> ruined you and made your great season into a terrible one. Uh, I have the winner, so I'm going to go first. But first, let's do this drop, baby. I was going to say, but first... Michael, or something like that. <laughs> Wait, there's more. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. The bust, the merciless bust, is Allen Robinson. All right, come on. Are we really even talking about this? Second round MVP. Everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Second round MVP. I'm sorry, second round ADP. No. Yes. He was 1,000 in the third or fourth round pick. Fine. Nobody took him him in the fourth round. round. No one took him in the fourth round. I'll give you third round, maybe. He was a late. Third round pick. You no, get him he in like wasn't. 3.10. There's no way. Can you check, Jason? Yeah, I, gotta, I guess I got to pull up the ADP. Pull up the ADP. Go ahead. Pull up the ADP. Either way, he sucked. Fucking terrible. 66 targets and 38 receptions, receptions for a receptions. total of 410 yards. 81 other receivers had more yards this year than Allen Robinson. He only caught 57.6% of his passes, which... Whew, 
is he beyond horrible. At the second, third turn. Thank you. Tell this, tell this fucker to get out of here, please. Michael, you're just like wrong. We should, we should do the bets today because I feel like karma would have made the bets go swing our way. Where are you looking? He's at 32. I just checked Fantasy Pros. That's middle of the third round. No, it's not. Half PPR, ADP. Middle third. Thirty-two is not middle third round. Wow, this guy knows nothing about math. Twenty-four is the first two rounds. Plus right. eight, it's mid to late third round. Go up with yourself. Come on, son. Get your fuck out of here. I'm Tim. I don't know math. <laughs> you, uh, Either way, it's the answer. Yes, it is the answer. One TD, eighty-first in true throw value, forty-seventh and eight. Like I could tell you all these shitty stats, but you don't want to hear them. Um, now being Allen Robinson is still very good. He's rich. Um, he has a wife. Her name's Alsa Al Sorto or something. No Alyssa idea. Alyssa Sordo. He's, he's looking at us, asking us. If I, you know I, I mean, I followed her on Instagram. Wife. I followed her on Instagram before he was she was A Rob's wife. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> I'll go. It's good to beat Allen Robinson. It was not good to have Allen Robinson <laughs> in fantasy. Uh, I'm gonna tell you guys why I have the correct answer. It's a surprise answer, but it's the correct one. Why? Because yeah. Allen Robinson. At some point, you just knew you were going to bench him, and he wasn't a thought anymore. And with Michael's answer, he's someone who didn't live up to ADP, but he was still someone you could start and get some type of value from. I'm picking a guy who, if I told you he played 10 games this season, you'd be like, dead ass. 10 games? And that's Julio Jones. This guy was on the field 10 times this year. Dead ass 10 games? The guy was like a 7th, 8th round pick. Yo, you're just wrong about everything. I drafted Julio Jones in a league. His and ADP was made it to the championship. You motherfucker. Are you serious? People suck at drafting, yo. No wonder. Holy moly. Now, a guy you're taking in the fourth round who finished the year with 31 catches, 434 yards, and Gross. one touchdown. Gross. And he played 10 games. So the entire year, from week one to week 17. You were looking at Julio Jones thinking, do I play this guy? Do I start this guy? Should I put him in my lineup? And he had one game all year above wide receiver 48. Oh, my God. And that was week two. Gross. And week two made it seem like there was some hope with this guy. But there wasn't. Julio Jones busted nine out of ten times in your lineup this year. Bust of the year. That's a cute answer. That's a cute answer. I have the real answer. Uh, you guys gave decent answers, but the real answer is Saquon Barkley, guys, because some people drafted him in the first round, never made it past the second round. I know that for a fact, unlike Allen Robinson. And Saquon Barkley was trash. And just like Julio Jones, you had to start him every single week. He was healthy. He missed a stretch from week 6 to 10. Otherwise, you started him, and you were not happy about it because if you had Saquon... Who, people were just like, yeah, this is the week he's going to break out. Let's take on Barkley. He's getting 25 touches a game, and it, none of it ever mattered. He had multiple games this year. Mo the majority of his games this year were in single digits. In the fantasy playoffs, he put up 7.5, 3, and 11. The guy was trash all year, dealt with injuries. So even like when you didn't have him in your lineup, you, you had to find a replacement. When you did have him in your lineup, you wish you probably had a replacement. Who did not perform anywhere near a first or second round fantasy pick. Should be performing. Um, really only three good games the entire fantasy season. Saquon Barkley is my pick for a bust of the year. So if we're recapping, the three for bust is Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, and Saquon Barkley. Three good candidates. Like if I was... Tis true. If I was voting, I'd be like, uh, there's a hard vote. All right, let's go on to the next one. The most improved player. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. You wheezing. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Then you'll be successful. Jason. Great success. Who's where your was that? Huh? Wait, where's that from? That's uh, Eric Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. Oh. I never heard that. With some uh, with some explosions in the sky. We'd be pretty chill. In the background. Uh, explosions in the sky. 
Great workout music. Explosions in Jason, the sky. Keep who's on your, turning. Shut up. Jason, who's your most <laughs> improved player? Explosions in the sky. Keep on turning. That's not a word. That's not a song. As you guys are singing. Yeah. You, just, you just made I'm that aware. up. I'm aware. Um, so this is a someone that we've discussed already, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he was the most improved player. Reason, most importantly... He had a teammate playing the same position, being drafted ahead of him. Allen Robinson, the most improved player, is Debo Samuel. Debo, who was being drafted behind Brandon Ayuk, like significantly behind. Significantly behind. Everyone thought that Brandon Ayuk was the starting, was the guy to have on the outside in San Fran. Who could have thought that? Everyone thought that George Kittle was going to be the next beneficiary, and everyone thought that Raheem Mostert slash Trey Sermon. Slash whoever, we're going to run the backfield. And it turns out, Debo Samuel was all of those things. He was Mostert and Ayuk and Kittle combined into a mammoth human being who just looks like the best player on the field every time you watch the 49ers. Every time you watch football, you see Debo Samuel like, oh, you are better than everyone else. Yeah. Most improved player, Fischau. It's really easy to see why... Debo Samuel's so good, like he's just so man's good. Man's thick. If yeah, the man, the man is a, he's a man. He's a man's man. Um, my most improved player. Actually, I'm, I'm going out of order. Michael, you're next. <laughs> my most improved player, Jason. Again, cute answer. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I'm Michael. I'm right because I say cute answer. Who a lot of people wrote off after the 2020 season. He was going in the ninth, tenth round behind Ronald Jones in some drafts, which is just absurd now that you think about it. Played in 13 games last season, but only started three. Had less than 400 rushing yards, uh, less than 250 receiving yards, six touchdowns. And then he became an MVP-type pick this season. Jason said he he tweeted out earlier in the year, he is what we expected Christian McCaffrey to be, basically. Uh, 812 rushing yards with eight rushing touchdowns. Mix that in with the receiving, 69 receptions, by far career high. 454 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns as well. Leonard Fournette became a locked and loaded high-end RB1 uh, whenever he was healthy this season, and he was healthy quite a bit. Uh, played in, he started, uh, excuse me, he played in 14 games this year. Um, most he's played in, second most he's played in in his career, and he uh, he really revived his career. Playoff Lenny, after having a tremendous playoffs last season, uh, just kept it going this year and. Let's see. Maybe he'll return for the playoffs and and keep cruising for the Bucks. But tremendous pick, whoever got him this year in fantasy. Look, those are good options, and I can't disagree with you. But when I'm looking for evolution, I'm looking for someone to go from Charmander to Charizard. And yeah, Debo Samuel went to like a Charmeleon. No, he didn't. Yes, he did because he's he's still next year, still gonna go in the second, third round. He's not a first round pick. Yo, come on with your just listen, analogy. listen, Michael. You too. You know Leonard Fournette. Maybe he gets up there in around, like late first round next year. Maybe like an older Charmeleon. I'm going motherfucking Charizard here. Oh my goodness, here we the go. The man who catapulted himself into the number one pick next season, and that is Jonathan Taylor. He showed you signs last year at the end of the year that he was about to break the fuck out. Exactly why he's not most improved. He was yes. a first-round pick. And because, he was a first-round pick. Yes, but he was a late first-round pick. Oh, now he's the number one overall player in fantasy. That is a Charizardian evolution. 20 touchdowns. Led the league in rushing yards with 1,811. And on top of that, he didn't really show any receiving prowess last year. He added receiving prowess on top of this. 40 receptions on 51 targets. Dude, 360 yards and two touchdowns in the air. You're taking that from a running back every single day, and that's on top of 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. Um, He led in all of the major categories. He had the most big plays. Uh, He led in—he had 92 red zone opportunities. 92. Nine. Two. Two. And he scored on fucking 20% of them. Like he was an absolutely, uh, absolute, an- excuse me, animal. Averaged over a hundred yards per game rushing. Jonathan Taylor has Charizarded his wings into the number one spot. I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah, you're not winning this one. So, Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel, and who'd you say with your bum ass? Come on, you could do it, too. And Leonard Fournette. There you go. You're not winning this one. It's your bum ass. Jason, I thought you said my ones are bad. Mine are so bad. You guys took all the good ones. But then you're like, oh, mine are the best when you start defending them. You're the best. Around. You said a first round pick was the most improved. You said a first round pick was most improved. All right. Yeah, that, that did happen. So, Jason didn't make it up. This one is for offense. Make it up, make it up. This one's for offensive player of the year. Um, a little confusing what offensive player of the year it means in terms of that, but we're going to go for it anyway. When you want to succeed, that's that's not it. Play the same one. Football is a competition, and you know you play to win. There's no mercy rule for baseball. There's none that I know of. So, why should it only just be in football? The policy, also referred to as the slaughter rule, there's nothing served by beating a team in football by 60 points, by 50 points. You know. Yes, there is. And do you 50's know, 50's not even that much. We're being honest. In football, <laughs> maybe in fantasy football. Uh, in fantasy football. <laughs> <coughs> Ooh, why am I coughing? Uh, this guy won you some games by 50. And that was Mr. Awesome Excellent, as the footballers call him himself, Austin Eckler. Mr. Steel Girl. This guy continues to be an absolute animal. 12th in the league in rushing yards with 911. 5th in the league in rushing touchdowns with 12. But everyone knows that Austin Eckler's best attributes come out of the backfield. Second in catches for running backs with 70. First in targets with 94. 647 yards was number one. Eight touchdowns. A perennial, perennial, just just locked and loaded big game ready to happen. He did it without a lot many big plays, but it was it was the quantity. It was the absolute volume that carried out uh, uh, Mr. Awesome Excellence. And he, when it comes to Austin Eckler, Man, I just want to vent for a little while here. I'm trying not to think about it as I talk. I just have to. Dude, did you guys see on Twitter how everyone was like, I told you Austin Eckler was good after Austin Eckler had that good game? I did not. Were there people Bro, saying so Eckler wasn't many. good? No, exactly. That's the new thing on Twitter. It's just like someone makes up a, a hater in their head. Like, yeah. I, I told, mean, the guy was a first I told you oxygen can help you breathe. <laughs> Fucking guy hating on <laughs> oxygen yeah. over here. Idiot. Gosh, the government creates oxygen. Austin Eckler is oxygen because he's inevitable. Boom. You can't be using inevitable like that when you don't watch Marvel movies. I'm not. I'm not. I'm never going to watch Marvel movies, Michael. Get the fuck over it. Go fuck yourself. I think we need to stop recording right now. Tim just nailed it. No. That's the first and last time Jason's ever going to say yeah, that. What I'm just gonna, happened? I'm going to clip that. Get punched in the face. I'm going to make it a drop. And I'm, every time I say something and Jason disagrees with me, I'm just gonna I was making Jason a joke and you guys just didn't even let me continue. Okay, you just yeah, cut joke, me off. Sir, so now, sir, yeah, sir. The only joke here is when you say Tim's wrong. That's I, don't even, I don't even remember who your pick was. <laughs> also, that's who it was. You just looked at my phone. I'll tell. Yeah, I did. That's how I remembered. My offensive player of the year, <laughs> your mother you fucks. The real answer was Josh Allen. Offensive player of the year means Josh you score Allen. the most fucking points, and you know who scored the most points. Josh Allen scored the most points. QB1 for not the first, but the second year in a row. Not one, not two. The favorite to be three next year. Maybe the favorite to be four the year after. Josh Allen under the year with 763 rush yards, six rushing touchdowns. But wait, he's a quarterback. 4,400 pass yards and 36 passing touchdowns. The guy was just a studly stud, like no matter which. And no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was great. He was a quarterback one overall. One. Two, three, four, five different times, which is just ridiculous. He has other top five finishes mixed in. The number one player is the person who scores the most. The the offensive player of the year is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a better answer than Austin Eckler. I know. I have the real answer, though. If you're talking number one, then let's talk number one on a player who... Replaced someone who has done it year after year after year after year. I'm talking Mark Andrews, folks. Uh, the number one overall tight end this season. Are you talking Mark? Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews absolutely crushed it this season. 107 receptions, 1,361 receiving yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. And this was after a semi-slow start to the season. It's not like he had a crazy good start. Outside of that indie game where he went absolutely bananas, um, he had 
in his first eight games of the season, five of them were single-digit performances. And then he absolutely went nuts in the second half of the season, weeks 10 and on, including the fantasy playoffs, 15 12. Mark Andrews began to light the world on fire in the second half of the season when fantasy managers needed him most, and he is the Offensive Player of the Year because he supplanted the one and only tight end GOAT, Travis Kelsey. And who knows, maybe Mark Andrews will become the new tight end GOAT ending as a tight end one overall for the next three, four years. Tight end GOAT. I'm so mad at myself because if you guys remember, I predicted Mark Andrews taking over number one from Travis Kelsey last year. You did. You drafted him everywhere, and I said you were stupid for it. Yeah, and then he like won. Too early. And then he won and fucking broke out the way I thought he was gonna break out last year. This right. year, me and Jason were right. You were stupid for it last year. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I wasn't stupid. He was still a great no, player last year. Why? You're just stupid. I got him. I got him. I mean, I drafted him in like the fourth round. You stupid. So you played too much. Stupid. You played too much. Um, that was a Shakespearean tragedy. This one, this Shakespearean tragedy is. What could have been? What could have been? The Shakespearean. You should have played that song as a drop. Wandering around Stratford after a couple of beers, knocking on doors, going, Is this to be or not to be? (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that. That's mine. (laughs) mine. I'm William Shakespeare, right? Kiss my tights. I will say, um, I made these drops last year, and you guys were... Like loving them last year. You guys don't have have even a reaction this year, bro. I don't have headphones. Michael's on. not upset. listening. Why are you, Jason? I don't know these. I forgot my headphones. That was Robin. Where was Williams. that from? Yeah, I I could recognize his voice. But I heard I Robin know. Williams. Yeah, like I heard I that. I don't know, man. I just go on YouTube and I search like Shakespeare. I first thought it was going to be a <laughs> Goodwill Hunting line. I was very excited about that. So that's what where my that disappointment with, comes from. What does that do with William Shakespeare? Robin Williams. Nah. Okay, you reaching. I got the I got the Shakespearean tragedy because here's what it is. Shakespeare, what he does to you is he doesn't just kill the motherfucker. He you makes ain't you, just go die. He makes you love them first. He makes you identify with them first, and then he tragically rips away their love. But he gives hope. Feel the love. There's only one answer to this one. It's Christian McCaffrey, guys, because when Christian McCaffrey played, he was unbelievable. Do you guys remember? What Christian McCaffrey did in week one against the Jets? Tim, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's just the RB1 every single time he steps on the field. Do you remember what he did, though? Yeah, a lot. But do you remember what he did exactly against the Jets? I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. He was RB1 overall that week. Without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, he, he was the QB1. I mean, the wide receiver one, running back one without scoring a touchdown. Without scoring a touchdown. That's how good he Let's was. Get out. Let's talk about what he was. He was he was the running back thirty eight. So he almost finished as a running back three overall, despite playing in five whole games and two games where he left the game early. The two games where he left the game early were not going to count because he was RB forty four and RB fifty seven. In the games that he played, RB one, RB three, RB fifteen, RB four, RB three, just carried your team whenever he was in there. It makes you think again, like, hey, I might have to draft this guy again in the first round next year. Am I, am I going to take that chance? Am I going to be the guy who takes that chance? But that's the Shakespearean tragedy because we'll never know this year what could have been. And uh, we didn't have a Mike Davis this year to take his place. So it was even more Shakespearean because you were like, oh, at least I got Chuba Hubbard. And then Womp. Uh, Jason, guys, uh, let's go. go I'm going next yeah, because go you guys on. keep making me go last. Go ahead, if, I'm, if I'm chop liver, go ahead, you chop liver. You are chop liver. My Shakespeare, chop liver, delicious. My Shakespeare, Shakespeare in love is. Drum roll, please. Cam Akers, folks. He he was going in the first round. Some people forget the playoffs. Playoffs earlier in the off season, latest mid second round, I'd say. But a lot of people were high on Cam Akers. Um, we like the Rams' backfield. That's why we drafted a lot of Daryl Henderson um, after Cam Akers went down. We saw what Daryl Henderson was able to do as a lead back. We then saw what Sony Michelle was able to do as the lead back. And then, man, two nights ago in the wild card game, this guy Cam Akers, a mere, what, three, four months after tearing his fucking Achilles, comes in as the lead back for the Rams. 55 rushing yards, a 40-yard reception. This guy totaled 95 yards his First, like, full workload game back from tearing his Achilles months ago. 
He's going to be a highly talked about player over this offseason. But seeing what he was able to do this past weekend, and clearly Sean McVay like, likes him a lot if he was just going to bring him back in in the playoffs for the first time all year and just make him the lead dog. It would have been uh, very fun to see what Cam Akers could have done as the Rams lead back this season. So he is my Shakespearean award. Yeah, I mean, that was a good one too, but CMC is the answer. Jason, go ahead. CMC is not the answer. I have the real answer. And the real answer, Jason, for so far, has thought he had the answer every single time. I after, always have the answer. After I've prefacing, the answer. After prefacing that his answers all suck. Answer. Don't change the because subject. Don't change the subject. And stop, stop screaming into the mic. You're, you're, you're fucking making my ears. Christian hurt. McCaffrey, we all know who he is. And you know what? The same thing happened last year. Cam Akers, you were able to replace him. Another with that reason why it's a Shakespearean Sony tragedy. Michelle. It happened twice in a row. No, the real Shakespearean tragedy, because there was no real replacement for this guy, was J.K. Dobbins. Because if you drafted Gus Edwards to replace him, you were toast. And then we saw Devontae Freeman be a legit RB2 for like four weeks. We saw Latavius Murray be a legit RB2 for a little while. Tyson Williams even mixed in every once in a while. We even saw Le'Veon Bell score a touchdown for the Ravens. The ghosts of Christmas past all came to Baltimore and produced RB2 numbers all year. Imagine what would have happened if they had a real running back, one with legs that aren't 88 years old, J.K. Dobbins, to lead the way in that backfield. He would have been straight money. Jason went with my approach, except he chose the running back going a couple of rounds after. Yeah, because there was no replacement. The next award is the Clutch Robert Ory Award. It's a two-point Sacramento lead. We're down to seven seconds. Bryant putting the move on Christie. Rebound O'Neal. Coming up short. Ory for the win. Boom. That's a good one. Because it makes sense. Yes, it does. Robert Ory was the man. All right. Um... You know, I, I think I'm going to go with the the Robert Ory work because this is a guy that I've been trying to praise for a long time on the show. Rashad Penny, fellas, is the Robert Ory player of the year. And there's no debating. This is the winner. I don't want to fucking hear it from either of you guys because there is no when winner. you go from not relevant at all to in the playoffs, finishes of running back nine, running back one, and running back four. Overall, in the playoffs, Rashad Penny brought teams who had no business winning championships to championships. That is the definition of a Robert Ory player. In fact, if you go even further than that, we back in week 14 against Houston, he was the RB3. The week before that, he was the RB33. So week 13 on, RB33-3, 41-9-1-4 in the playoffs. He finished the year as RB42. That's how prolific he was, despite the fact that he was no higher than RB59 before that. In weeks 1 through 11, he only played four games. He took over, former first-round pick, a guy that I've been advocating for and the Twins have been making fun of me for liking for a very long time now. And a guy I've liked for five years finally played well. Finally got the chance. The people who were... It's not finally played well. I don't know how many times I have to say this. People, Every time he's on the goddamn field, he produces. He people, just can't get on the field. Victory lapping Rashad Penny is one of the most annoying things in the world. Yeah, because you were wrong, so you don't like it. We were wrong, Jay. Five years later. Do you know how many carries Rashad, Rashad Penny has in his entire career? Do you know how much I care? Jason? Seven. 280. I was close. That, okay. that would have been third in the league this year. <clears throat> Tim, I have the real That's Robert, his entire career. I have the real Robert Ory award winner. And it's not close. Uh, they scored no, no. more than no. Rashad Penny week 16, 17, and 15. <gasps> At a less valuable position. Aminra St. Brown. The last five weeks of the season put up 20, 11 and a half, and then in the playoffs, 19 and a half, 21 and a half, and ended the season with 32.4. God damn you. A rushing touchdown and 23 rushing yards, <laughs> eight receptions, 111 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Amara St. Brown ended the season absolutely on fire. He ended the season with 90 receptions, 912 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. If someone said that was going to happen after their bye week and in week during their bye week in week nine, they would have been laughed at. 
he was not even close to those numbers earlier in the season. And then after the bye week, everything flipped. It's since week 13, really, everything just four weeks in a row, just absolute monstrosity. Five weeks in a row, excuse me, at the perfect time. Anyone who had Amon Ross St. Brown was likely starting him. It didn't matter if it was Jared Goff or Tim Boyle or anyone else like QB. He was absolutely dominating. So Amon Ross St. Brown is the uh, is a Robert Ori winner. While you guys talk about players who were like, oh, yeah, he was good for five weeks, three weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks. That's the whole point of the Robert Ori Award. No, the point of the Robert Ori Award is to bring you to glory. I'm on only the one edge. person who finished the number glory. one at their position in the semifinal and final week. Mm-hmm. That was Joe Burrow. The quarterback won in week 15, 16, the quarterback won in week 17. This guy had 970 passing yards and eight touchdowns in two weeks. He put up a shitload of points and brought you victories. That's it. That's what Robert Ory did. He laid back until the end. And Joe Burrow, the last two weeks, couldn't have done any better. Quarterback won both weeks. He's the Robert Ory winner. Well, Jason's wrong, and now we could all do that. Uh, Jason's going to pull his hair out when he's wrong. And this one is the Pull Your Hair Out Award. The guy who just frustrated you with the inconsistency all year. What have you done, Derek? Nothing! (laughs) You've got nothing! Nothing! Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! That was a good one. They're all the same face! Blue Steel Magnum. One look! They're all the same look! I don't think so. Oh, look. Oh, it's glorious. Um, I Ma- turned Michael, left. Go ahead. Go first. <laughs> the, uh, the inconsistency award here, the Derek, if you may, is Amari Cooper because I, uh, if you had Amari Cooper this season, you were annoyed. He ended with 68 receptions, 865 receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns in a year where he only missed two games. You're missing two games. Like If you're Amari Cooper... Oh, big bad Amari Cooper. Oh, remember how much people loved Amari Cooper for so many years in a row? We were like, you guys are dumb. He's a normal-ass receiver. Yes. I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's a normal-ass receiver. He had a monster week one, 139 receiving yards, 13 receptions, and two touchdowns, and then was just ridiculously mediocre the rest of the season. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight single-digit performances this season. Just, yeah, man, it was disgusting. Three times this season... He surpassed 15 fantasy points three times. And if you had him, you were starting him because he had the ability to put up 23 like he did once, 33 like he did opening week, 18 in the semifinals. So we were like, oh, look, Lamar Cooper. But he put up 1.8 the week prior in the quarterfinals, then 9.3 in the finals if you had him. Lamar Cooper the entire season was just super up and down and super annoying, more down than up really. But he was one of the guys that really stood out as – it wasn't all up or all down, like, first half and then second half. It really alternated. And uh, Amari Cooper was someone that really made you made several people pull their hair out this year, including me. My hair, I'm, I'm as bald as ever. <laughs> that That's no lie right there. Uh, I'm going to go with J- Michael's teammate. No lie. And it's for the same reasons. Uh, it's CeeDee Lamb. It's because CeeDee Lamb was so up and down all season. I think one of the reasons why is because Amari Cooper was on the other side. But it's also because his blow-up games were so massive. And he ended as the RB1, RB3, twice. I mean, I'm sorry. Each. One time. And then the RB12. But that was his own... I mean, wide receiver. But that was his only wide receiver one finishes all year. Uh, outside of that, he was outside of the top 36 wide receivers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. That's a guy who completely busted, and 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 he ends as the wide receiver nineteen. And Ceedee Lamb was one of those guys who his ADP got so ridiculous by the by the end of draft season because yeah. everyone sort of agreed that it was going to be his breakout year. And that's the problem with banking on bake banking on breakout years and spending high draft capital on them because even a guy that's locked and loaded in a great offense and and is a great player like Ceedee Lamb, it doesn't matter and. When you're talking about C.D. Lamb, too, uh, our guy uh, Matt Ward at PsychWardFF on Twitter, he mentioned that C.D. Lamb had a good season by any measure uh, that you can that you can see um, from scrimmage yards over expected per attempt. Um, he was second to Debo, so he made great plays. 
Uh, scrimmage yards per opportunity. He was number one in the league over Cooper Cup. He had more scrimmage yards per opportunity than Cooper Cup did. And he still was only the wide receiver 19 is because he was so up and down. And his his ceiling was amazing, wide receiver 1. But his floor was wide receiver 87. And on top of that, week 16, 17, and 18, he did the exact opposite of Robert Ory. He did the Julius Randle. Wide receiver 46, wide receiver 53, and wide receiver 64 to end the season. So he... You he you may have ridden that roller coaster, but it ended with a giant drop, and I think that's why he was the most pull your hair outy of the of the bunch. So I'm gonna go with Ceedee Lamb. Compelling, but I'll go, I'll tell you the guy who made you pull your hair out in fantasy and in real life, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown is the answer here. Okay. He comes out week one when you may have benched him because you weren't sure how he was gonna do. Finish as a wide receiver eleven. The next week he ends as wide on, receiver. Quick, Michael Michael has. Watches the FFPC drafts because he works for the FFPC. Weren't people drafting Antonio Brown like in the first round after that game? After that game, he was going uh, very. Amari Cooper was going in the first round a little bit. Gronk was going in the first round. The ADPs are crazy. I mean, Gronk. It's one week. If Gronk didn't get hurt, he may have actually paid off in FFPC tight end premium leagues. But uh, yeah, AB started going in the second round. I think I saw him go a few times. Wild. Anyway, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, so he started the year wide receiver 11, possibly on your bench, and then came the next week and was wide receiver 90. Then missed week three, comes back as wide receiver 31, is like, all right, do I start this guy? And then there's a wide receiver four and six, and you're like, holy shit, I have a wide receiver one the rest of the way. And then what happens? He has this mystery injury, misses time until week 16, finally comes back week 16. Do I start him? Do I not start him? He goes 10 for 101. So then you put him in your lineup championship week against the Jets, and we all know what happened. He goes three for 26, takes his shirt off, runs across the field, <laughs> and is never a Buccaneer again. In both real life and in fantasy, Antonio Brown had you pulling your hair out all year. He is the winner. Jason, I mean, Michael, you already went. Let's go to our next award. The next award is the waiver rider, the best waiver pickup of the year. I picked mine, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to win this one. Elijah Mitchell, I picked just because there were so many haters talking about not spending all your fab on Elijah Mitchell early in the year. And I just wanted to point out that it was a great investment. From week seven on, Elijah Mitchell uh, ended as an RB1 four times, ended as an RB2 uh, a couple more times. Only en- all- His lowest finish was RB34, and he only finished outside the top 19 wide uh, running backs twice since t- after taking over. Uh, he did miss a couple of games with injuries. I think that's what separates him. But if you spent all your fab on Elijah Mitchell when he took over, I don't think it was a bad idea. I think that if you handcuffed Elijah Mitchell the same way that you would have handcuffed a player after you spent all the fab on him, you had yourself a good, solid running back the entire year. And when Elijah Mitchell played, he's going to be good. I, I, for me, I think Raheem Mostert's done in, in 49er land. It's going to be hard to trust him again after two straight years of this. I think Elijah Mitchell takes over that backfield next year, and he's he's going to win a lot of people championships if he doesn't go, if he doesn't get crazy, if he doesn't get crazy, you know, he'll probably go in the, uh, who knows, Twitter hype is, is ridiculous, but if he doesn't get crazy, he has the opportunity to win a lot of people championships, because Raheem Mostert this year, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to draft him in the fifth round, as that as if that made any sense, like you're drafting Raheem Mostert either in the you know second round, or you're drafting him never, if you're if you're scared of um, if you're scared of injury. So uh, that's my answer. Elijah Mitchell. It's a good one. A little too injured, I think. Yeah, a little, to a little too award. injured. You're right. I'm going to go with the guy who ended as the wide receiver 12. If that's not good enough for you guys, he also ended as the RB9. Who could this be? Cordero, Mofucking Patterson. I Look, the last the three answer. games of the year were super odd. The Falcons decided not to really use him anymore, and he kind of screwed you over if you had him. Very, very lame. But... The rest of the season, he was just an absolute dominant animal man. He ended with he ended with two hundred ten fantasy points. Like I said, was a it was a top twelve player at two different positions. Um, had 
multiple games over 20 fantasy points. Really only shit the bet a couple times the entire season. Um, Cordero Patterson, which is someone that became a locked and loaded wide receiver one or RB one week to week for the vast majority of the season, for the entire regular season. Um, and I think Cordero Patterson um, wins this award, rightfully so, because to have what what a renaissance year it was for Cordero Patterson. A ton of fun. And uh, he earns this award. He earned it. He earns it. He earned it. There's no doubt that Cordell Patterson is a good answer. But at the end of the year, he didn't perform very well. That's correct. Let's be real. That's correct. Week 15, 16, 17, RB 57, 33, 37. That's correct. It's ugly. I already said that. So my waiver wire extraordinaire is Amon Ross. Is it Amon Ross? You picked him up heading into week 13. Exactly. Nobody had him the entire regular season. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He was a fucking hero. I think Teams he already... that needed a receiver. He was wide receiver 6, 27, 6, 6, 2, 10. Absolutely absurd. It's almost as if... The end of the year is wide receiver 21. Yeah, exactly. 21. He was the best waiver pickup of the year. I think I don't think that's in the nature of the award, Jason. I'm not going to lie. You're you getting, picked a guy who played less games than Amon Ra. You're getting you're getting the nature mixed up. Getting the nature. Mixed you played met less games than Amon Ra, and Cordero got you to the playoffs, and then you lost because of him. So I, I'm correct. I definitely played in less games than Amon Ra. All right, almost done here. Let's go to our next one, the rookie of the year. Key to being a big league pitcher is the three R's: readiness, <laughs> recuperation, and conditioning. <laughs> okay, you gotta you gotta love that movie, rookie of the year. Um. Jason, who's your rookie of the year? Uh, it's funny because I was just shitting on this guy, but the rookie of the year is none other than Elijah Mitchell. Um, look, I know that he didn't end with the most points of all the rookies, but if you look at draft capital, both in real life and in fantasy, where he was a sixth-round pick and a waiver pickup, he wasn't drafted to come out and just be a rock-solid RB1-2 every single time he's on the field and healthy is just ridiculous. So I give him all the credit. I think that Elijah Mitchell, based on value and draft and in real life and fantasy, is the rookie of the year. Decent pick, but it's Jamar Chase, guys. It's certainly Jamar Chase. Value! You were drafting him like the 6th or 7th round. Maybe even 8th round. It's my only argument. Yeah. Jason already went over this. 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, 13 receiving touchdowns. He was a wide receiver one. Like, the answer is Jamar Chase. The answer is not Jamar Chase because the answer is clearly Najee Harris. Um, no. Come on, man. First in targets, first Don't in act like you're receptions. Right. Seven in true throw value, three receiving t- TDs, fourth in rush yards, seven rushing TDs. He had less points than Jamar Chase, by the way. How many points did Jamar Chase have? 280. No, he had 300. So what do you get? If you tell he used half goal? PPR. I'm not talking about half. I'm talking about PPR. All right. He had Jamar Chase outscored him in half PPR. All right. All right but Najee Harris outscored him in PPR. So what's your point? Did he? Is that true? Positions. It is funny considering the true. positions. Yeah. yeah. I have it right here. Off the Brodo card itself. How are you comparing Najee Harris to Jamar Chase? Did you type in Jamar Chase? No, you because you said shit? 280. And I in said half PPR, idiot. So put up, pull up his two, just fucking just add how points. many he had eighty one receptions. No, I'm not gonna. So add another forty, 40 points, points. three hundred twenty points. He loses again. You toast. What's the last? You're toast. I'm not toast. Yeah, you are. We no, all know Jamar Chase. Yeah, three. Of the year, he, had, man. he had four more points. Zach Wilson. Four more points. Mac Jones. Zach Wilson is going to be the best quarterback. Yo, Najee Harris's stat line with the amount of work he got. Yo, the, the, one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, but... The, one of the ugliest seasons, like... Here's the, the thing with Jamar Chase. Embarrassing. This is the thing with Jamar There's Chase. There's a 0% chance I draft Najee Harris next year anywhere. He, I don't care. Well, that's stupid. Here's the thing Here's Najee the thing Harris? with Jamar Chase. Everyone likes to forget that Jamar Chase busted like crazy constantly. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> he that's did, though. Said. And he's probably going to uh, do that in the offseason after getting all that money. But, yo... Busted like crazy constantly. We talked about... He's finished wide receiver 38, 39, 54, 108, 79. Najee Harris never had these out... Maybe once in a while. One or two. He didn't have these crazy outlier, terrible games. He got 190 touches. Yeah, but that's one of the just, reasons. I know. Just out of principle, I cannot vote for Najee Harris. That's stupid. Uh, particularly in week 9 through 13, this guy... Week 8 through 13, Jamar Chase completely fell off the map. Disgusting. 
I'm just looking at Najee Harris' stat line. It's fucking disgusting. Despicable. It, it was it was really good in terms of fantasy points. Less That's than four Najee yards a carry. Ninety four targets. None of that matters. Turned into four hundred sixty seven receiving yards. Like this guy's what a gross season. But anywho, let's go to the final category. Final category is the way too early sleeper for next year. No, no. You can't be done yet. Come on, Ruben, focus. You have to last at least five minutes here. Four minutes, 27, 26, 25, 55, 54, 53, 52, 51. Oh, God. 50. <sighs> nice. <laughs> 50. Yeah, 50. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Aniston in that movie. Next level. Um, all right. I'm going to go with someone we already talked about. Elijah Moore. Jason already gave you the reasons why they, he thought he was the rookie of the year. And no Michael didn't. Carter. No one talked about Elijah Moore. Who'd you yeah. talk about? Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> oh, you talked about Elijah Mitchell. I'm bugging. I was like, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really paying attention. I think to we could all agree that Elijah, um, Elijah Moore is a great answer here, though. Elijah Moore, when he got the opportunity... Played well. I'm, I am concerned because his size lends itself to injuries, and he has had injuries already. But week 9 through week 13, he was the wide receiver 2 overall. Put up wide receiver 1, 3, and 9 overall numbers during that time. And this is what guys like Joe Flacco and Mike White at quarterback sometimes. He also had Zach Wilson at quarterback in some of these games. But two next what? year... With Zach Wilson and him building chemistry, Zach Wilson taking a giant leap forward in the second half of the year. And I also think Michael Carter is up there as well. Michael Carter had an underrated season this year. Um, didn't really get the opportunity, but once he got the opportunity, he really he really excelled. Um, put up over 10 points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. And you're talking about a guy who was a part-time runner at its best. Uh, put up a 27.7 points in one game where he had he 14 targets, 9 receptions, 95 yards, 6 targets. This guy continued to be just a just proven to be a, a dual threat. Had 36 receptions and 325 receiving yards in his rookie season. 147 rushes for three, 639 uh, rushing yards. Just under 1,000 all-purpose yards for a running back on a team that had Multiple offensive line injuries, a rookie quarterback on the helm. The stack, the odds were stacked against him, and Michael Carter really excelled and he got the opportunity. So I think a, a pair of Jets, Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, are the way too early sleepers for next year. Benny and the Jets. A pair of the Jets. Dude, Nathan Janky of PFF, like I respect his work, but this guy put out rankings early, and he had Michael Carter at 17, and I wanted to like... That's not... That's not my drafting Michael Carter anywhere above the top like seventy picks is gonna be a joke. Yeah, I mean on on January seventeenth overall. Come on, dude. I don't think that's imagine stupid. drafting Michael Carter in the second round. Well, and you're stupid. Seventeenth overall player. Yes. Oh, those like in well, the second uh, round. Oh, those RB seventeen. No, RB seventeen would be way way. All right, I take it more back. palatable. I take it back. Shit blew my mind. Anyways, my choice here. I had to. I had. I couldn't go the whole episode without showing some love. To the locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver one, Hunter Renfro, who absolutely dominated oh, in the second shit. half of the locked season. Locked and loaded. Yeah, ended with 103 receptions, 1,038 receiving yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. During the second half was an absolute animal, and people were able to uh, insert him into their lineup and be super excited about it. Um and he just he performed repeatedly over and over, became one of the most consistent options the entire season. Um, and I don't see why that would change going into next year if the Raiders still have Derek Carr and company, and I don't see a big change coming in the wide receiver position. I, I think Hunter Renfro is just going to be disrespected again, and he's not going to be drafted or picked anywhere near what he was able to do this season. Rightfully so. Like I wouldn't draft him as a wide receiver one, but if he's going around wide receiver 30-plus, I don't see why Hunter Renfro can't be another uh, juicy pick next season. My way too early sleeper for next season, I'm riding the rookie this year wave, is Rondell Moore. Uh, Christian Kirk is a do-do, and he's going to be out of Arizona after this year. And besides, um, what's his face, DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals depth chart at the wide receiver position is despicable. Uh, Rondell Moore was handpicked by his coach. 
And even in the playoff game that just passed, he had five receptions. He was a clear number two receiver to Christian Kirk. I think Rondell Moore is going to be a popular player um, next offseason as someone who could take a step up. Boom. There you go. Your nominations for the Fantasy Awards. Remember, you can vote on Twitter. We'll put some polls on the Discord as well. With that being said, for Jason, at BrotoFF Jason, for Cass, at BrotoFF Casanova, for myself, at BrotoFF Tim, and for Hunter Renfro, I mean, my, I mean Michael Petropoulos, at BrotoFF Michael. Mike, Mike, excuse me, at BrotoFF Mike. Uh, <coughs> peace out so long. Sayonara. Please follow us at BrotoFantasy on Twitter and check out the app and the website, BrotoFantasy.com. Later. Later. Later.